Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. everybody. Thanks for joining me today for this amazing episode. Uh, this is something that recently happened. So I really wanted to share um, my most recent experience and which, you know, ties into the topic of the benefits to finding the root cause of your trauma. So I have always had this issue, if you will, with calling people on the phone. It's weird. Um, it got to the point where if somebody would call me, I wouldn't want to answer the phone because I would get weirded out or I, I don't, I could never really figure it out. Like what it was, um, people that I love and care about they would just pop into my head, but I wouldn't take the action of actually calling them. And I never understood why, but this has gone on for years I think the last time that I can remember actually being okay to talk on the phone with somebody was when I was really little, like 10 years and younger. Um, my best friend, Jessica of all time, you know, she's, I'm 40 years old now and we were friends at, at 10. So our friendship is 30 years strong and it's just gotten stronger. She's absolutely amazing. I love her. And um, so she was the only one that I really recall and maybe some other girls from that time. But um, so all of that, that there, just to give you some backstory about what, what it was like. And, you know, now I'm married. And even when I would notice, like, my husband would, like, make a phone call and just be sitting over there on the couch or what have you, talking to a friend. And I remember almost, like, I guess feeling disgusted, but not to that degree. Kind of just, like, ill, Like, uh, Like, why does he do that? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I genuinely had that thought, that attitude. Could never figure out why. Just could never figure out why. And um, I never really, I guess, saw it as a problem. Um, mind you, I've been on my healing journey, you know, for the past um, few years. And it, this has been going on since as far back as I can remember. And so I had my, a coaching call and I have to point that out. I am a health and wellness coach. I help, uh, so I support hopeful mothers that want to break the chains of personal and generational trauma. So that way you can be your best. You can give your children the best by being your best. Um, and that's pretty much sums up everything that I am and what I do and what I have been doing. But every coach needs a coach. So it's like, even though there's things that I know and I can help other people with, sometimes it's a little hard to identify those things in yourself. So to have somebody else that you love and trust that knows and has been there that can help you mirror things back to you, that can help you identify things is so helpful. So I had a meeting with my coach yesterday 
And we're talking about, you know, energy and how you show up, you, you know, from my podcast interviews to just, you know, showing up on a live video, just, just, you know, showing up. And um, that was great. And then it got to the point where we were talking about how I connect with people. And she's like, how do you connect with people? And I'm like thinking to myself, like I had to think for a minute. I'm like, how do I, how do I, how do I connect with people? Uh, I connect with people on social media. I connect with people through um, this podcast. Um, I connect with people at my church when I go on Sundays, um, when they have a training, like I went to trainings the past two Tuesdays for the ministry team. And this is important because I have something to share about this. It all ties in. Um, so I connect with people, but I don't call them. And that was something that was very telling. Why don't I call them? Hmm. So in this coaching call, I was not able to identify the root cause, but yet I was still able to shift my mindset. And what my coach said to me was she said, every single time you have a thought about somebody, it could very well be because that person needs to hear from me. Now, naturally, I am a very loving, giving person. I love to encourage other people. I love to celebrate other people. And I think that just comes from me naturally. But I think I'm like that even more so than like the next person because I didn't grow up. I wasn't raised being praised. So I understand how important it is to have that. And it doesn't matter how old you are. We all need that. We all need somebody who appreciates us, who tells us verbally, you know, there's power in our words. Um, the Bible says that we can either speak life or death with our tongue. And, you know, when we don't say anything, it's almost just as hurtful. It's like, if you don't hear that, it's like, am I doing a good job? Like, it would have been nice to, to feel appreciated, to get a simple thank you, just for somebody to reach out and say, you know, I appreciate you. You're doing a great job. You know, just things like that. So every time I would have a thought, I'm not, I'm like almost, I forget how she worded it, but it was basically that every time I have a thought about somebody, I'm almost like blocking a blessing that they may potentially need in that moment. And oh boy, that, that cut me like a knife. I was crying. I broke down. I was like, oh my gosh, because I love people. I love helping people. I love serving people. That's everything that I am. And it just, it really upset me to think that I was doing that unintentionally. I didn't realize I was doing that all these years. And I've gone through healing, you know, but that doesn't mean that there's still more yet to come. And this is very telling, you know, so we're never done healing. There's always something new. And when you think that there isn't, there is, <laughs> there really is. Um, so I was just blown away by this. And um, prior to that, she had actually asked me a question as, as to how do I think it would make other people feel like or what the thoughts were. And I thought, wow, I feel like it makes me a bad friend because I don't reach out to people to see how they're doing or to tell them I love them or that I miss them. I, I, I have very, very seldomly, but it's oh, there has to be like a specific reason, like a very, very specific reason that I'll do it. And so 
when I learned that, I broke my heart. I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe I've been doing this to people I actually love and care about. Because in person, when I meet these people in person, I'm all hugging them and I'm just like staring at them and wanting to hear their every thought and every word and just conversate. Let's go do something. Let's go eat. Let's go this. Let's go like, 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 what do you want to do? Like, I just want to spend so much time with these people. Right. And, um, but I don't, I don't do it when we're not in person. It's like, if we're not in person, then I don't get to spend time with them. And that's, it's not true. Like I don't have to do that. So I found that very, 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 very interesting. So the cool thing I took away from that coaching call was now that I know, and I say this all the time, know better, do better. It sucked. I'm not going to lie. It sucked to realize that about myself. But I think what's important with healing is that when you realize something about yourself, the emotion's going to come. For me, the emotion came. It hurt my heart. I didn't realize I was doing that. I cried. I allowed myself to feel that emotion. Okay, done with that. I felt the emotion. Time to move on. <laughs> I think a lot of times we tend to get stuck in that emotion and we can allow it, if we're not careful, we can allow that emotion to be very heavy within us and it weighs us down. Uh, that used to happen a lot to me in the past. And so it's very important to be mindful of that. So allow yourself to feel. how, And there's no specific time frame. It's whatever works for you. You know, you allow yourself to feel, get it all out. And there's different ways to do that. There's a lot of healing and crying. We were made to heal. If people tell you that crying is weak, they simply do not understand the power of crying. As human beings, that's how we were designed. We were designed to cry. It's a natural pain reliever. So allow yourself to cry. It's a pain reliever. And I did that. And then I was like, okay, no better, do better. It ends today. I made that decision. I made that choice. And I said, you know, it ends today. I will not be that person anymore. I'm done with that. So that was enough for me to shift my mindset. And I felt really, really good about it. And I was so grateful. And, you know, it just, it blew my mind. And I knew, like, I was just in a, I was amazed, you know, in amazement. And I would just, got off that call and I was like, I need to process this. Like, I just need to sit with this idea, this thought, this, because it was just incredible. And then I'm going through about my day and I had a, an, a, a meeting, a uh, training to attend that Tuesday, which was actually last night, a training to attend. And it's to be on the ministry team for my church because I love praying for people. It's something that I've come to realize I really love doing. It's so it's in alignment with the type of person that I am very loving, giving, just wanting so much to help somebody just to make help somebody feel better, to feel appreciated, to feel loved, to feel supported in all those ways. And so I was invited to be on the ministry, well, to receive ministry coaching. So as I went there, and there's so much more I could talk and share about that, but that would be another topic. So I'm going to try to stay on topic. <laughs> um, so they were explaining a lot of things, which I found odd that was, or maybe odd's not the right word. I just found it very fascinating. A lot of what they were talking about in his alignment with my tool of tears. I thought that was really, really interesting. Uh, if you want to see what that is, um, you can go to my website, tiffanypatlin.com. Um, but wow. So I, everything they were saying, re I resonated with. They were talking about how um, you, when you, I, that you need to identify the root cause of your trauma 
And which I know because that's what happened, you know, when I was writing my book, I was learning things through a timeline and, and all these things. And I just stumbled on it. And then I learned how other people use visualizations with the timeline. I learned, you know, just different things. And it was really fascinating. And I just, the, the man, Pastor Alex, who was speaking, I just felt compelled to go ask him if he could potentially help me identify this block or whatever it was that was preventing me from connecting with my loved ones on the phone, specifically on the phone. So I went up to him and asked him if we could talk afterwards. He said, yes, I learned some more. And at the end, I went up to him and I just started explaining to him everything I just explained to you all about my coaching call, about how there's this thing with connecting with people on the phone, even though I think about them, I love them and I have the desire, this desire and strong desires there. I just don't do it. There's like a block. And he was talking about a block in his training. And I was like, so I think it was just so funny how everything was just like in alignment. It just all was, was like working together. It was really neat to see this, you know, in retrospect. And so we're talking and he asked me a couple questions because he doesn't know my entire life story. So I gave him, you know, some bullet points so he could get an idea of what my past was like. So, you know, I explained to him things. He asked me a question. He goes, well, how have your friendships been in the past? And I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, to be completely honest, in the past, all of my friendships were based on sex, drugs, and alcohol. It's the truth. And I told him ever since I became a believer, which was in June of 2021, I have created a brand new circle of amazing friends who I love so very much. And they, they support me. They love me. They know everything that I've gone through. Um, maybe not every tiny detail, but they know the ugly that I've gone through. They, they know the things that I've experienced because we've been in retreats where we get raw. They, I share with them the things that I'm dealing with in my marriage as a parent. Like They know me. It's not based on sex, drugs, and alcohol and pain. It's based on love, light, healing, support. And it's just the most beautiful experience ever. That's actually one of the um, healing tools in my, in my book is about purging, purging uh, those around you. You have to ask yourself that. This it's like almost like an inventory. You have to take inventory of the friends that you have and ask yourself, what is the basis of my relationship with this person? Do they benefit me? And it's not all about that. Like, oh, what can I get from this friendship? But it is like equal. Like, how does this person support me? Are they supportive? Do they make me feel good? Are they good for me? Or do they make you feel bad? Do they talk down on you? Do they call you names? Do they abuse you? Because that happens. And a lot of times when, you know, we come from trauma, it's very hard to see that. So that's why it's very important to do that. And once you purge, it can tend to feel alone. I went through this. You feel alone. And that's, it's weird to say, but it's actually a good sign because you're growing. You're growing. You're you're increasing in knowledge and understanding, and it's pulling you away from where the mindset of where you once were. Back then, sex, drugs, and alcohol, partying, um, anything to get have a drink, any excuse to have a drink and party. Like that's what it always was. It's not like that for me anymore. So after feeling alone, it's like, well, that's the fun part because now. You get to put yourself out there as the new you to find new people that you resonate with, like I did, you know, and you just create a brand new circle of amazing people. And it's just, 
it's just the most beautiful thing. And we all need that. We all need that. As women, we need that sisterhood. It's very, very important for us to have that, especially if you did not have that growing up. I know that. <laughs> um, so he asked me what my friendships were like, and I explained that. I explained everything I just explained to you. And he told me that he feels like it might be shame because I shared with him how I was incestuously raped at 12. And he said that it could be shame. And I told him, I said, it's almost like a scared feeling. Like I feel scared to make that phone call and I don't know why. And um, he asked me how far back was it? And that's when I mentioned about how funny it is that I have this strong, amazing friendship, but that's because it developed at 10. I mean, there were still things going on in my home life, but like the trauma of the sexual abuse started at 12. So that's where I think he was like trying to help me figure out this timeline that it started, you know, then. And we're just sitting there like trying to think. And I was like, and he said that there was a fear of connection. And I'm like, but why is it that I can easily open up and become vulnerable with, with these people in person, but not on the phone? There's something to do with the phone. And I could not wrap my head around it. And he's like, hmm, that is interesting. So we're just sitting there, you know, trying to figure it out, right? And I thought he was going to pray for me to help me figure it out because there's a way to do that, you know, where you can ask the Holy Spirit, you can pray to God and a word will be revealed to you, which is something that they were training us on, which is just absolutely incredible. And um, what happened after that? Oh, okay. So this is the good part. I mean, it's all good, but I kid you not. It was like the answer literally fell down and it was on this side of my head. It's like the answer just boom, implanted itself in my head. And I'm just sitting here. We're like trying, he's standing kind of cockeyed to me and I'm standing right here and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, it was like that. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I just got an idea. I was like, but I don't know if it's right or not. And he goes like, come on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's have it. Like he wanted me to just lay it out because it could be. So I, I had this memory. I had a vision and it was around 14, 15 years old. Um, it was around that time frame because my parents got divorced at 14. My dad went with his new wife and, uh, my mother, you know, went off the deep end with the drinking and the men and, you know, and I forgive them for that. I understand, you know, they just gotten divorced, you know, that hurts pain. So whatever generational trauma they had, whatever personal trauma they had that they brought into their marriage, then whatever trauma they had from the marriage, from the divorce, like it just kept piling on and they hadn't healed themselves. So it's understandable. I get it. So that's what they were experiencing. And my mother was, so she didn't take very good care of me. That's why I ended up, I would find myself out on the street. Um, I didn't always know how to get in touch with them. Or if I did, then, you know, nobody would answer the phone or, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I don't have a car to pick you up. You know, my mom would say things like that. And, um, so she wasn't there for me. Nobody was there for me the way that I needed. I wasn't protected because if I was half the things that I've experienced wouldn't have happened to me, maybe even more than half, you know, so I would call my mom wherever I was at. And if I called her, if I actually had the ability to call my mother, mind you, they didn't have cell phones like this back then. You know, they had flip phones um, or pagers were all the rage back then. You know, and I didn't I didn't have all that. I didn't have a job. I didn't I didn't have that. I had jobs randomly. You know, um, I started working at 14 years old with the working permit because you had to pay a dollar for that. And I was able to afford that. I've had a dollar saved and, 
You know what I mean? Um, but like I didn't have steady income. I wasn't able to make any type of monthly payment, nothing like that. And so the times that I was able to make a phone call were important. And when I would reach out to my mother and call her, and I, I don't have specifics in my head, but I know that it was either for help, like, hey, like, where are you? You know, kind of like, hey, where are you? Can you come take care of me kind of thing? Um, where's my mom? Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, hey, I'm hungry or, you know, this or that, you know, just trying to find my mom to take care of me. And I would be on the phone with her talking to her right now for her. She would be sitting there like this on the phone talking to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Da -da -da, huh? Oh, yeah. Like she would be doing that. And I'm over here on the phone like, hello. Hello. Like, can you just pay attention to me for one minute? Like. And that's what it was. So I don't know if you're able to connect the dots, but I started crying. I started crying when I realized that. That's how I knew that that was the root. That was the root. That's when it started. Around 14, 15 years old, maybe even 16, but, you know, it was generally around that time frame, maybe 15, not 14, 14, 15, what have you. That narrowing down the specific date and time doesn't really matter as long as you know the experience it's when where did the trauma come from it came from that experience so somewhere in my mind i developed a fear because remember i was sharing with him that i almost feel scared that's what it was it's almost like i developed a fear i'm afraid i was let me be mindful of my words i was afraid that if I were to call somebody that I love and care about, that they won't pay attention to me. They, I'll be bothering them. I'm not important enough for them to take my, my phone call. Maybe there is a fear of rejection there. Um, just not being important enough. Just not being worthy of having attention. Something like that. So, you know, again, I experienced that emotion. I cried. I let it out. And he even, you know, told me, you know, breathe it in and breathe it out. And when what I do visually is when I inhale, I imagine that as I inhale, I imagine that my body is collecting all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the words, all of the ugliness, pretty much everything. I'm inhaling, collecting it all. And as I exhale, I'm literally breathing it out of my body and I'll do it a couple times. You do it however many times that you need that it feels good to you. I hope it doesn't hurt to do it more than once. Make sure you got it all out. <laughs> and so he helped me do that. And then he prayed for me and I'm just crying and I repented. So when those who are believers, when you repent, um, you're basically apologizing, but also in that it's not just an apology. It's also agreeing to, renew your mind to, to have, uh, when you renew your mind, what naturally comes from that is new actions, new behaviors. And so I repented for coming into agreement with the lies of my circumstances. And, you know, that's part of my tool of tears is that that traumatic event happened to me. And to, to most people are like, how was that traumatic? But it was so 
never disregard something that happened to you that the next person might be like, oh, really? That's stupid. Like, uh uh-uh. That's that's why it's important to have people around you that support you because that was traumatic for me. It was. It, It hit me and it hurt me hard because my mother wasn't there for me and she couldn't even be there for me on the phone. So this is very, very important. So I developed lies of that circumstance, that experience, that I'm not good enough. I'm unimportant. You know, if I may, if I call anybody, they're not going to be there for me. Like I, all these lies. So those were buried in my subconscious and they affected how I connected with those that I loved ever since then. What is that? 25 years? <sighs> now just think, what is something traumatic that happened to you? that you have not even identified yet and you have those lies that you took on as truth that are floating around in your subconscious mind, which are producing actions. So there could be something that you do that you've been doing for years and you don't even know. I feel like that was a very, very heavy, 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 heavy um, hit right there. Because I know that. I get that. I, I, I live this. That's why I share it with you. Because I want you all to know that trauma is real. But it's not a life sentence. You have the ability to identify the traumatic events in your life. And the lies of your circumstances that you took on as truth. You have the ability to release the emotions that you attach to that lie, to that traumatic event. And what comes from that is healing. There's work that you can do where you become aware of certain issues, if you will, that you have. And to some, that might be enough to change your behavior But to make sure that it doesn't continue to reoccur, you must identify the root cause because it's just like a plant or a weed. You can pull the surface, AKA change your behavior, but the potential that it's gonna grow, grow back is huge. So when you dig deep and you locate the actual root and you yank it out, it won't grow back. That right there is the ultimate benefit to finding the root cause of your trauma. So I really hope this has helped you. Uh, And if you want any type of assistance, whether you want prayer, advice, guidance, if you would love to experience one-on-one coaching with me, if you would love to join my coaching program that I'm going to start here in March, I invite you to schedule a call with me by visiting tiffanypatlin.com. And I'm just here for you. I'm here for you. I just have the heart to help other people, especially mothers, mothers. 
um, or any woman, if you're a teenager, just because you're not a mom doesn't mean I'm going to turn you away. Um, even a man, like if you're a guy and you're listening to this and you would you would like some help, I'm not going to turn you away. I will help you. You know, I'm here to help anybody, um, whoever that is. If you're ready, you're ready to do this, to do this work. I'm here for you. So that's it for me. I am sending you guys so much love and light. And I just feel the need to just, if you're feeling vulnerable right now, I encourage you to just take a moment and close your eyes and to feel me hugging you. Hug yourself like this and imagine that it's me hugging you because I have that desire to just reach out and hug those that are listening to this that have felt exactly what I'm talking about. That's it for me, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye now.